Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. So last week we were talking about how, how grace was divine enablement that allowed his grace in our life, allowed us to not live like the rest of the world. That if we're to be ambassadors of Christ, looking like him, that we needed to be distinct. Do you, do you recall that message? I hope so. <laughs> Good. And if you're in life group, you went through that a little bit deeper. Um, today, what we're going to talk about, though, is how grace comes upon us when we don't feel like we deserve it. We already were talking about that this morning. I love how the Lord already speaks to us before we actually get to the message. It gives me a lot of um, affirmation and confirmation to know that it's the Lord who's speaking to us. There is a point in our life where we feel like we're not worthy. And, and maybe there are still times today that we feel like we're not worthy. And we need to understand that as a follower of Jesus that that's the distinguishing thing that we are worthy as followers of Jesus. But we sometimes have this challenge in our mind where we start to feel like, oh man, I messed up again. And in 1 Corinthians 15, now that you're there, look at verse 10. This is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Corinth and he says this, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace towards me was not in vain. On the contrary, I worked harder than any of them, though it was not I, but the grace of God that is in me. Okay, if you know Paul, if you guys feel like you're a little bit, uh, you know, hey, my past somehow defines me, my past somehow makes me feel unworthy. Well, let me tell you that um, more than half of the New Testament was written by a murderer. Anybody who's a murderer here? Okay, so, so immediately you've got to be feeling a little bit worthy that, that the person who wrote, Paul, who wrote this book of the Bible was a murderer. And yet he, God used him, God's grace found him at the very moment he didn't feel worthy or he was going down the wrong path. Also, you have Moses, right? We talked about the, the children of Israel, and Moses himself was a murderer. And yet, he delivered the children of Israel, right? So, the, the moment you start feeling, my life before Jesus found me, I grew up in a Christian home, but I was a fornicator, I was a thief, and I was a liar. And Jesus came after me in the midst of, of who I was. You know, I grew up in a Christian home, but yet I wasn't living for Jesus. And Jesus came and found me. His grace found me. But I also want to let you know that God's grace, even though it found me there, I continue to need God's grace in my life. Or we're going to be talking about, really, grace in a different way today. You see, just last night... I got into an argument with my wife. I know it's hard to believe. Oh, Mr. Nice Mark, you know. It doesn't happen very often. Actually, I could probably count on two hands when it is. But last night was one of those nights. That, I knew that, and today was going to be powerful. Because if we got a little turmoil going in the home, that means there's something being stirred up. 
But I had to apologize and I had to even in worship today, God, I need more of your grace in my life because I don't like that in my life when I get contentious. But I think it starts by understanding grace a little bit better. You know, we, I even posted something on our, on our group Facebook page. By the way, if you want to hear some great little testimonies that are going on, get onto the GCC Pembroke groups page on Facebook, and it's, it's great encouragement to see what people are posting there. But I even posted something that grace, the traditional definition of grace is unmerited favor. But I want to propose to you that that's really not grace. Unmerited favor. Because what do you do when, when, with verses like James 4 or 1 Peter 5, 5 that says this, grace is only for the humble. So I think the, pride actually, the prideful actually need grace too, right? But, but so if it's unmerited favor, the pride don't deserve it, but yet they get favor for it. This is, they need it. What, what do you do with that? But this says grace is only for the humble. Or what do we say that we can fall from grace in Galatians 5, 4? What does that mean? So, so it means when we're not living the way that we should be living, we can fall from grace. So I, I'm going to propose to you this morning that unmerited favor is actually maybe not the best kind of fits because we don't deserve it, right? He finds us when we don't deserve it. It kind of fits. But I would say the better term for, for this is defining what mercy is which is as another understanding of who God is, the nature of God. And his mercy is when we, we deserve punishment, but yet his mercy says, no, I'm not going to give it to you. And we take both of these terms, unmerited favor, and we take this term of, of mercy, and we kind of get them murked together. And the reason why it's so important to understand this is because Yes, there's a part of graces we don't deserve it because he finds us when we don't deserve it. But he gives us mercy because he doesn't punish us at that moment in time. He gives us grace. Okay, so why is this important? Because if all we feel like is grace is unmerited favor, then it doesn't matter how we live our life that God's grace is going to be there for us. And what I'm saying is God's grace is sufficient and he will keep tracking you down. But the two-way street is this, is you've got to receive grace. It just does not happen in the way you live your life. I'm going to live my life carelessly and casually and go for the world and expect, well, God's grace will be there. Now, his grace will be there when you say, Jesus, please be here for me. I would like to propose to you this morning that grace has a name, and his name is Jesus. See, grace is not just an act. Grace is a person. And this is why I know this. Because grace finds us when we don't deserve it, but God's grace does not keep us as he finds us. See, it's an encounter with the presence of God that changes us. It's not just the prayer. It's not just, hey, I believe, which those both are important. It's both to accept what Christ has done in your life. It's to believe in who Jesus is. Those are both very important things. 
But if we don't have an encounter with Jesus that somehow changes us, then we've misunderstood what grace really is. Grace should change us because we have encountered grace, meaning we have encountered Jesus. Right? So when we come face to face with Jesus, that's why we worship him. The, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of his people. His presence comes here when we praise him. And when we're in his presence, we are changed if we allow him. And it's a permission thing. Now, he will always be like this hound of heaven, right? He's after us. He's after us. He's after us. And he wants to find us when we don't, when we're not perfect, right? When Jesus found me, I was, I had stuff in my life that I needed Jesus to change me from. And you know, Jesus loves people who have a past. Jesus loves people who have a past because they understand God's grace. That's why I love, man, I love you guys moved in this section here today because, because these guys, you know, they came out of drug addiction. They came out of like homelessness. They came out of, sorry if I'm putting you on the spot here, but they're back there and they're saying, Jesus, thank you, Jesus, during worship. Because they understood God's grace. He found them in the midst of the miry pit and clay. And he brought them up. And now they're living in God's grace. They encountered Jesus. They encountered his grace. See, grace changes your life. But it also should change your living. Grace changes your life, but it should change your living. Because if all we're doing is saying, God, I said the prayer, and so now save me. I get, a, I get the free ticket, the golden ticket to heaven. I would question whether or not you experience the grace of God. Because his presence is what changes you. And his presence is what brings you to live a different way. Hey, I like it. You guys are getting in the habit of this. I heard some preachers out there. This is good. You see, this is who I was in the past, but this is not who I am today. This is how I lived in the past, but this is not how I live today. Right? So we have to say, how do we encounter grace? We, of course, God's mercy, we need it. We deserve punishment. But he finds us in the middle of our muck and mire and, and the junk in our life. And he says, come close. And we come close and then he, we encounter his grace, which changes the way that we live. See, your past doesn't define you. Jesus defines you. Oh, you need to hear this. Your past does not define you. Jesus does. Right? He says that you're loved. He says that you're a child of God. He says you are mine. Your past is your past. There are mistakes. There are Foolish decisions, that's your past. It does not define you. I'll tell you, the enemy wants it to, though. He wants to remind you of, of the junk of your past. He wants to tell you you're worth nothing because look at all the things that you've done. But the encouragement, that's why I love the stories of the Bible when God uses the most unlikely people who have the sketchiest past, God uses them to do the most incredible things for him. So if anybody has a past, get ready because he's going to put you on an adventure for him. 
Yes. And we need more people to say, I'm the ambassador. Pick me, Jesus. I don't care about my past. My past is my past. That does not define me. Jesus, you define me and you have a mission for me. He's our savior. Let me give you a few examples. I love these examples. The woman at the well, a Samaritan woman who was collecting water in the middle of the day because um, she was not probably thought of very highly in her community. Jesus engages with her. A man shouldn't be engaging a woman and uh, let alone what a Samaritan woman, unclean, and she's in the middle of the day, so obviously she's got a sketch life going on. Jesus has an encounter with her, and he says, uh, you know, where's, where's your husband? Oh, which, well, which husband? He talks about a husband in, in a kind of a convoluted way. Comes to find out, she says, like, well, I've got five husbands. Well, which one are you with now? He asked the question, and... And that engagement, though, is he's, he's picking something in her heart, which is she's longing for something of acceptance, of value, and because she's going from guy to guy. And here it is that Jesus understands that her past should not define her, but he's calling out her the future that she has and the value that she has as a person. And he's saying, what you're thirsting for, those guys aren't going to get it. She experienced grace at that moment, and she experienced the fullness of who Jesus was. And he says, you will thirst no longer. See, you're going after regular water, but I'm going to give you living water. Where you'll thirst no longer. You know, you've been that place where it's like, oh, I'm desiring. You get these desires, whatever. It's like God, God says, no, no, no. I'm your only desire. I will be the only one that satisfies you. And here this Samaritan woman walks away and starts telling everybody about this Messiah that she encountered. That grace found her in the midst of her moment of having affairs or living with so many different guys. Whatever her situation is, grace finds her at that moment. But she stops living the way she did and she starts living a new way. See, grace, when you encounter true grace, when you encounter Jesus, your life changes from that moment on. I love this one. You know, here's, here's a woman caught in adultery. Now, the law back then was if you're caught in adultery, uh, you would be stoned. How much of our population would be stoned today? <laughs> We are in the granite state. I think we'll be fine finding stones. But Jesus rebuked the people who had the stones getting ready to stone her. And he basically says, you without a sin, who's going to cast the first stone? And they all disappear. And I love this. Okay, picture this, right? A woman caught in adultery, getting ready to face her penalty, which is death. So he shows mercy on her, which is she deserves death but didn't get it but she encountered grace because then jesus says go and sin no more right who are your accusers jesus didn't accuse her he basically says you've encountered me now you've encountered grace in such a way and i've i've defined you today your, your past doesn't define you anymore. You're not an adulterer. You've encountered the living God. You've encountered the Savior. You've encountered grace of Jesus. And basically he says, go and sin no more. And I guarantee you that woman did not sin again. Well, in that way, I should say. 
Because if I were to look at my life, I know there's things in my life that God's still working on me. That's why I'm saying we need God's grace, but it's not this unmerited favor grace. What I need is I need more of God's presence in my life. I need more of Jesus in my life. That's the grace that I need because more of Jesus pushes out all the other junk in my life. How about this one? Because this one I love because he didn't say the sinner's prayer. He didn't like get all, all theological. And here's the thief on the cross. We're going to be celebrating Good Friday, a horrible day where Jesus was willing to go through such agony for us. And here's the thief on the cross, and Jesus and this thief have this little encounter. He calls out to Jesus, and, Jesus, will you just remember me when you get to your kingdom? There's something that he acknowledged of who Jesus was, that at that moment he experienced the grace of Jesus. God's grace in his life, the presence of Jesus. And that moment, Jesus says, before he dies, he says, today you will be in paradise with me. You see, at that he was hanging on the cross. He was moments away from death himself. And at that moment, he received the grace of Jesus. And was able to spend eternity with him. Why? Because he encountered Jesus. Now, today we don't have the physical body of Jesus in front of us. Back then, Jesus wandered the earth. I shouldn't say wandered. It's almost like he didn't know where he was going. He walked the earth. There we go. In such a way that he was very intentional. But as people engaged with him... They experienced his grace if they wanted it. If they wanted it. See, that's why grace, just unmerited favor is, oh, I know who you are, God, out there. Uh, Your grace is sufficient. I'm just going to live my life. But have you really experienced grace because you, you don't have Jesus actively engaged in your life? Jesus wants to be a part of your life every single moment of the day. If you want more of his grace, you need more of his presence. You know, I've been talking to some people and I want to congratulate many of you who have taken this challenge this week. And it's been a struggle for some of you and you've reached out to me and I've been praying for you. But I would, I would encourage you this way, whether, whatever struggle it is, whatever bondage you have in your life, wherever you need more grace, and I needed grace last night in my life when I got in a little tiffy, tiffy too with my wife, you. I needed more of Jesus' presence in my life. And I, I would tell people, I said, You want God's presence? See, it's not just, hey, you know, it's not genie in the bottle kind of thing. It's like legitimately calling upon the Lord to be in your life, to be close to you. Because it was proximity with these people in the Bible that they experienced God's grace. So we need the proximity of the Spirit of God to come close to us, to give us His grace. In the situation of our life. So when you're struggling, when you're battling, get some worship music on. 
Hey, when you're like kind of like getting down, get the scripture, get the word of God embedded. These are God's words. You want his presence? You want him to speak to you? Be in God's word. You want him to sing over you? Let the worship music play and let him sing over you. And by the way, the Bible says when two or three are gathered, so I'm there. You need to be in community. Church, I don't know how many times I'm telling you, the people that struggle the most in this church are the people who are not in any kind of life group. It's because you do not have a community that's going to hold you, hold you up to pray with you, to encourage you. You need to be in community. So these are the places that God resides. The presence of Jesus exists. The Holy Spirit is there. So when we're saying we need more of God's grace, we're saying that we need more of his presence. We need more of his presence. Grace is living in partnership with his presence. If you want to just jot something down, jot this down. Grace is living in partnership with his presence. And if the worship team wants to come. See, grace is not the fairy dust. Grace, his name, his name is Jesus. And we need more of Jesus in our life if we want more of his grace in our life. I cannot, I am not good enough. I don't have the strong enough will. I don't have, you know, I am not, I just need Jesus because I don't have it. But I know Jesus does. And I need his grace in my life, which means I need to stay in his presence. I need to partner with his presence. I can't just go on living life and saying, I said the prayer once. Or, hey, I read my Bible a month ago. Or, you know, I, I go to church once a week. That's it. No, we need to. Oh, thank you, by the way, for that one. For those of you who are online, let me talk to you for a moment. I know some of you have sick kids. You've already told me. You're watching on. I love the fact that you can join us online. But if you just rolled out of bed and you're like, ah, oh, I don't really feel like it. You need to be here, church. I know some of you are on vacation we love you. You're getting a tan. I'm not. I'm jealous. And you're watching online. God be with you. But if you're around the area and you're just watching online and you're saying, I'm choosing to forgo being in the house of God with God's people, you're missing out on His grace. I'm not saying you can't get God's grace in your living room. Because his presence resides wherever you invite him to be in your life. That is true. But there is something so powerful about being together. And it can't just happen though once a week and say, I got my fill. Now I'm going to go in the world and do whatever I'm going to do. We need God's grace. We need to partner with his presence. And I want to challenge you with 
this last thought. We talked about those who struggle and that you're saying the solution for that is more of his presence in your life. But I want to challenge another group of you. They're saying I'm beyond the struggle and I really want to commission you as ambassadors of Jesus Christ. You cannot be satisfied with just an encounter for God with God for yourself. You just cannot be satisfied with your own personal relationship for yourself. That there is a world that so desperately needs the grace of God in their life. In other words, the presence of God to come close to them. And the only way His presence is going to come close to them is by you, who carriers of His presence, get close. And that means, though those of you cheering and those of you not cheering that means you have to do something with that he is commissioning you the apostle paul yes he wrote most of the new testament yes he was a murderer and and, a, and of christians quite frankly but after his encounter with grace that gave him a mission to be on that's why we can't just accept his grace and say, oh man, I love my church now and that's it. I love my life group. I can serve the body. All those things are great. But he has to put you on a mission to be his ambassadors. So Mr. Sign Me Up over there, let me tell you about him. So he believes that so much, he's renting out the Audi Center on Good Friday. And asking everybody who has an unsafe friend to bring them to the Audi Center. And by the way, it's during our Good, Good Friday service, and I'm telling everybody, go to that thing. Why? Because here's a guy who says, you know what? I'm a businessman. He is. He's, he has his own business. And he's got his own struggles. He's got his own things he's working on. But he is so determined that as a follower of Jesus, that we're on a mission as ambassadors to bring the kingdom of heaven to earth and to be able to share the grace of God with people by bringing Jesus to them. So thank you, Scott, for doing something about it. And that might not be your thing, but you have a thing. Every one of us has a thing. You have a purpose. You're called to be on mission for Jesus. I don't know how much longer that we have in this world before Jesus decides to come back. We might have tomorrow. We might have a year. We might have 10 years. We might have a thousand years but the word of God tells us that we should be living in such a way with such urgency to believe that Jesus could come back at any moment that's why Foursquare well, that's where we're part of a Foursquare church we have these symbols that are even in our church that are stained glass and the crown on that symbol is Jesus Christ the soon coming king what would it mean if it meant that Jesus is Christ is coming so soon? How many people in your family still don't know Jesus? How many of your friends don't know Jesus? How much of the world still doesn't know Jesus? It should compel us 
by God's grace because we knew who we once were before Jesus and we know who we are today with Jesus. Right? And we're not defined by our past. We're defined by Jesus. But it's because by God's grace, when Jesus showed up, grace showed up. And he says, you know what? In the midst of who you are, in your sin and your junk, I'm calling you out of that, but then I'm placing you on mission. Church, I want us to not only receive his grace, but we want to be in partnership with his grace, which is we need to bring Jesus with with us wherever we go. We need to invite him into our, our places of influence. We need to invite him into our families. We need to invite him into our workplaces. We need to partner with his grace and we need to realize that we're on mission. To be deliverers of God's grace and his name is Jesus. Father, I just pray that you would help us Help us in our weakness. Help us in our distraction. Help us in our selfishness. If there's anybody here this morning that has not received Jesus into their lives, They've not received the grace of Jesus. And you'd like to know Jesus this morning. And if you're online and you're just watching, and this is you as well. But anybody in this room, say, I want to invite Jesus into my life. Can I pray with you and just slip up your hand? All our eyes still closed. Just anybody here? I want to receive Jesus this morning as my Lord and Savior. Okay. Next, I want to say people who have been, still feel that struggle that your your past is still haunting you. That somehow it's defining you a little bit and your past just keeps rearing its ugly head. Well, everybody's eyes still closed. Would you just say, my past is still like daunting me, it's chasing after me a little bit. Raise your hand if you're past. Keep your hand up for a second. Okay. I want to pray for you for a moment. You can put your hand down. Lord Jesus, I pray your grace would d- redefine them today, right now. That our past has no power and has no definition of our life. But Jesus, you define us. I just pray right now that, that any of the shame of the past is, gets removed, any of the condemnation of the past is removed because when you Jesus you showed up on the scene you you didn't really care about their sin you just cared about redefining their future you didn't really care about their past you you cared about redefining saying don't do that because it's going to hurt you stop living that way because it's going to cause pain it's not who I've designed you to be this is who you are So Lord Jesus, I pray by your presence today, the Holy Spirit, you come down and you redefine who people are. That they can be set free from their past in Jesus' name. I want a response from you. And everybody can have their eyes open at this point because it's going to be an encouragement for you. As I prayed that prayer, I really do believe that there was a supernatural release 
And some of you are already going to feel the weight off your shoulders. And if that is you saying, you know, I feel different after that. I feel different. Would you just raise your hand? I feel different. In this section, I feel different. Legitimately, I feel different. Okay, so that should be an encouragement to you that the Spirit of God is working. And that people are getting free. People are getting free. As we close today's service, Pastor Richie, what song are we going to sing? That new song you just taught it? Oh, my word. Oh, man. That song that we sang earlier. So you guys want to, if you still feel like you haven't been broken, that those chains haven't been broken yet, I want to encourage you, come close here as we're singing that song and jump up and down and get free because... You know what? There is no sin, no power that's going to keep you in bondage any longer because the presence of God is here and you're going to be free and set free. Today, you're going to leave here with a new level of freedom, a new level of freedom. Let's rise to your feet. Let's worship him together. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com 